0: amen please take a seat here at home and um you know what i'm loving over the last three weeks has sort of been a different crowd here in the auditorium it's good to see some of you for the first time in about eight months and um wonderful and welcome everyone and welcome everyone at home and um, i understand next week uh there's a gathering of the gonna get penrith church together to come and join a lot of the other people here as well next week. There's plenty of room here. If your house service says, hey, why don't we go to the building one day, you can come and join us anytime. There's plenty of room. Just got to make sure you register because we're to do that legally with the COVID rules. But um, it's great. So can you believe that we are here in November? Spring has sprung. Summer is almost here. The flowers have bloomed. The bees have gotten the honey and we are robbing it. I am anyway. I love it and I love the fact that uh, summer months are coming and uh, summer in Australia I think is pretty special. And um, But we are in November already but it's been an interesting year. I think I'll get a big amen if I was to announce, you know what, 2020 is nearly over. <laughs> amen. What a year, eh? And it's been an interesting year but it's been a very different year. But uh I think the biggest thing about this year is, more than anything, is the uncertainty of it. It started with bushfires and drought, and then the pandemic, which went around the world. Uncertainty is something which takes away your vitality. Uncertainty, uncertainty, if it remains there too long, will diminish your feeling of life in, in what you do. And I feel like that's sort of one of the dangers of 2020, is that uncertainty is sort of around us who knows what's next i don't even know what my job will look like next year i don't even know what my family shape will look like what we do how we interact there is a lot of uncertainty right now that's why i want to remind you of the scripture i believe the lord gave me for this year and it was around about november last year and i'm doing it again this year where i pray and say Lord, give me a word for next year right now the word for next year is yay but uh lord give me a word for next year and i believe he gave me the scripture ephesians chapter 5 15 and 16 so in february this year i stood up at vision sunday and i preached this scripture says this see then that you walk circumspectly not as fools but as wise redeeming the time because the days are evil wow who would have thought hey Uh, many translate the word evil there as passively ill I reckon that describes 2020 pretty well. But drawing on the words redeeming the time, the the real word there in the word redeeming is not what Paul uses elsewhere. He uses it in this passage of Scripture very differently. A good way to describe the word redeeming there is actually take advantage of a really good bargain. That's really what it means. Monetary, take advantage monetarily of what's happening right there. You see this thing, it's the best buy ever, we'll buy it. That's what it means. Take advantage of it, act on it now. And uh, I started thinking about that scripture and this year, uh, this moment of uncertainty and the fact that we're in November, I'm not quite sure whether you can see this on TV, but uh, we actually have our Christmas tree set up over here. Well done, team. And I've already copped abuse about setting up Christmas in November. (laughs) That's okay, I can handle it. My shoulders are strong. But I thought about it as I started praying, redeeming the times, for they are uncertain right now. I actually think we are sitting in a very unique time in history. And I, I think the church needs to start thinking, okay, how do we redeem this? What advantage can I take of this moment? And here we are heading into Christmas, I want to start a little mini-series over the next four weeks after today, five weeks including today, called Redeeming Christmas. And uh, I want us to consider, what can we do this Christmas? Yes, I know we're about eight and a half weeks out. I heard a lot of, go right there. But if we're wise, if we work, walk wise, not as fools, the Bible says, walk circumspectly, contemplating. What could this year be? I think this Christmas could be the greatest Christmas you've ever experienced. I think it could be something special. You know, um, the question I'd like to ask everyone is, what sort of Christmas do you want to have this year? What what would you like out of Christmas? Some of you would say, I just want it to be over. I just want this year to come to an end. Rick, don't even talk to me. Talk to the hand, you know. I don't think it should be that way. I actually personally think The phrase, it's almost Christmas, and the phrase, oh no, should never be in the same sentence. I don't think it should. It's not meant to be that way. But it's all too common, right? I've used them. I actually think that this Christmas, if we're wise, we could actually change something. You know, I've I've actually called COVID-19 the great disruptor. Because I've not seen anything in my lifetime disrupt the world like this, this silent thing. It comes passively, but yet aggressively, into people's lives. And I think in Australia, I think things are doing fantastic. Well done, Australia. Well done, governments. Well done, people. I think we've done well, but well, but if you look around the world, it's still affecting so many people. It's a disruptor. It's passively ill. It puts this sense of uncertainty in your life right now through the year. And church, I want to say you have done brilliantly through this uncertain time. I want to congratulate you and many of you, especially those who have opened up their homes to groups of people. Well done, and thank you so much for doing that. The team who have been able to pull this off for the last eight months, it's been great. Every one of you who have remained faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ, because you understand church is not Jesus. It belongs to Jesus. His bride. You still have a great friendship with Jesus. It's wonderful. Well done. But uh, yet still, there's still this thing, this uncertainty, this passive ill moment that we have leading into this time we've been through several times called Christmas could I ask you consider let's, let's redeem the time let's redeem Christmas how do you do that how do you do it well I went to a passage this week and I just started reading it, a familiar passage in Luke chapter 2 verse 13 and 14 and I, I've done a lot of meditating Lord what do you want me to share and when I read this something just nailed my heart Luke chapter 2, verse 13, 14, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels. This is a Christmas story. With the angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Ever seen the Christmas cards? Peace and goodwill to all men. Well, this is where that comes from. And I've never seen this before, Ever. I'm 54 now, so what That 54 Christmases I've had? Glory to God in the highest of heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favour rests. Wow. Now I've been saying to you, church, for months now, you're favoured of God. And I've really felt in the spirit to keep telling, don't forget the favour of God is on you. The favour of God is with you. In fact, I think all the children of Abraham are favoured. Don't confuse favor with blessings. They're two different things. I believe all the children of Abraham are favored. And according to Galatians, if you belong to Christ, you're a child of Abraham. So the favor of God is on you. You don't have to always feel it, but let me tell you, you need to know it and confess it. I started thinking okay, this is what the Lord wants. This is what Christmas is about peace and goodwill coming on to those who are favoured of God. This is your moment. This is a moment for the church to rise up and to to be part of something amazing and understand that Christmas is going to be amazing this year. But I think you've got to do something on purpose. And as I meditated more and more, I started feeling a prophetic urge about three particular things because with Pastor Rick, it's always three. I always dread the day I go to preach a four-point sermon and forget the fourth one. Or get to two and just not finish. Maybe, that'd be worse. But there's three things I I, want to ask you about redeeming Christmas right now. A person who's favoured of God, redeeming Christmas. Three things that maybe you could apply to this year to see this Christmas become the beginning of so many great moments. That's what I'm believing for. The first thing is this. Is this Christmas time a time to redeem by starting new traditions? Traditions are powerful things. I love traditions. They bring strength to family and they unite communities. Traditions are something that can be weird, quirky, they're often deep, they're fun, but they're done with the heart and they bring strength into relationships traditions. I've always thought, what is it with those ugly jumpers that people wear at Christmas? Australia, it's summer. Maybe we should have ugly singlets or something, maybe. Maybe. Ugly boots? No, that wouldn't work either. That's a tradition and a lot of people have a lot of fun with and it's something which unites people, ironically. And um, I think traditions are something that you can grab hold of and say, hey, this is what we do and I think now's the time to start new ones. One of the traditions we have as a family is to sit down and watch The Grinch um, just early, late November, early December sometime now. I love The Grinch with Jim Carrey. It's got a great message to it. I love it. But that's just one of our traditions we like to do. And then Naomi goes and spoils it on Boxing Day with Lord of the Rings. <laughs> anyway. This is a great opportunity right now, a disrupted time. a great opportunity to say, do you know what? We need to begin some new traditions in our family. Let's bring it in. Let's begin to start, um, let's begin to start something which brings anticipation into our Christmas. Do you know what? Children need it. We all need it. It helps us get through. It helps us become who we are called to become in the sense of developing a family, developing this is what we do. It's the greatest opportunity right now. You know, I think about um, traditions that help us to remember what matters. Family matters. I think getting together around a meal table matters. I think about what Jesus said about the Lord's Supper. It's a tradition that we do, it's a tradition in church that we do communion together, right? He said, do this in remembrance of me. Do it as often as you meet. Do this tradition. Why would he do that? It helps us remember. It helps us, devo- um, it helps us develop who we are and develop what the relationship consists of. That's what traditions do. I, uh, I think traditions are altars that we build in our homes that actually signify who we are. They actually signify what we believe in. They are altars, and I want to thank everyone who preached on altars over the last few weeks, Building God an Altar. Uh, I wanted everyone to hear different voices, and I think everyone brought something amazing into that. Traditions can become altars in our home, which are sacred in one sense, but help family build the family unit. I want to encourage you, find some new traditions. I thought the other day of a great tradition I heard of around about 13 years ago, and they're still doing it, Michael and Shannon Mann. Um, have this tradition that every year they have the Christmas Eve Eve party because everyone's too busy at Christmas with their families and Christmas Eve got really busy so let's just move it forward. Christmas Eve Eve party and they're going to have a bit of a hassle this year because they're going to have 20 in their house but um, that might spark an add to the tradition. Who knows? But I want to congratulate them. I know people who look forward to that all year. That builds anticipation. Um, I think about other other. Uh, traditions that we see at Christmas, you know, kids screaming on Santa's knee. See that one? People taking their dogs. You know, Penrith Plaza has a day where you can take your dog down to get a photo of Santa. Interesting. Jasper would like that, I'm sure. Christmas lights in the suburbs. They're building traditions every year. Our kids used to love looking out the windows as we drove through suburbs. Christmas lights, it's a tradition. And I've had my kids say, we actually sort of miss that because as they grow older, we have stopped doing it because they've got their own cars. Um, fruitcake, ham, seafood, that's all traditions. Mistletoe. Guys, gotta try some mistletoe. That'll be a bit of fun. Kissing under the mistletoe. All these traditions that Christmas brings, they're fantastic traditions. But there's some crazy ones too, and I did a bit of research. I want to tell you about a few. You know, in Japan, a tradition that's come as KFC for, for lunch on Christmas morning. And the reason why is because the ovens are too small to put a turkey in. How funny is that? A place called Caracas in Venezuela. They have a tradition where everyone puts on roller skates and goes to church on Sunday morning, on Christmas morning. Isn't that cool? They close the streets so people can skate there. I think that's really cool. In Norway, they hide their brooms because there's a tradition that witches may turn up on Christmas Eve and ride them and break them. If I actually believed in witches being able to cause damage, I wouldn't be too worried about the broom. Anyway, good on them. In Austria, some parts of Austria, men dress up as Satan's um, evil counterpart, Krampus, a demon-looking dude who abducts naughty children off the streets. <laughs> How funny is that? <laughs> hey, kids, Krampus could be coming there in the corner shaking. You know. Ah. Anyway, good on them. Greenland, they have a thing called matak. It's raw whale with a little bit of blubber, and they love to eat that every Christmas. They can have that. But they add to it a thing called kiviak. It's a small Arctic bird which is wrapped in seal skin, buried for up to eight months, so it begins decomposing, and that becomes a delicacy. They can have that too. <laughs> Guatemala, la Quemba del Diablo. burning of the devil. They, they get effigies of the devil and they burn it. in a beautiful Christmas decoration, don't you think? The Czech Republic. Single girls throw their shoes over their shoulder at a door and if the toe points to the door, they're getting married that year. <laughs> oh, I'm willing to give it a go. Come on. Girls, let's do this. Iceland. Jólabókaflod. They exchange books on Christmas Eve and spend the night reading together. It's a tradition that started in World War II because that's all they had. They exchanged books they already had. Beautiful tradition. Traditions. I want to invite you Grab your family, parents, and say, let's start a new tradition. Some traditions die out. Replace them with new ones, especially as children grow older. But bring traditions which honor family. Bring tradition which honor togetherness. Bring traditions that honor the Lord. At Christmas time, it's a great time. That's how you redeem it. Another way to redeem it, I want to encourage you, is this. is Christmas time is the time to call people home. I think it's important right this year is to call people home COVID and this year has disrupted a lot of people's lives and um, I I can actually see some shining light silver lining on this one where it's caused us to spend more time with our nuclear families and um, with isolation and with the reduced amounts of people out in the home and I think that's not a bad thing and I think that if we could take advantage redeem this whole moment of saying, hey, let's call everyone home. Let's call them home. You know, for many Christmases, it's um, for some people, Christmas is the loneliest time of the year. I had a friend, he was actually one of my youth pastors many years ago, and I was telling him how excited I was I was going to be hanging out with my cousins at Christmas. He said, oh, you can have it. I'm always alone at Christmas. I said, what do you do? He said, I used to go to the Gold Coast and just sit on a beach. And um, I said, why? He said, oh, strange from my family really they don't really want to get together at all and I don't have any other family all my mates are with their families I thought wow what a great time to actually maybe call someone home maybe they're not your relative you don't need blood to be a relative but maybe it's hey why don't you come and sit around our table you know movies are made of this calling people home I'll never forget the movie Home Alone it's got to be the greatest Christmas movie at all of all Home Alone You know, there he is, the young fellow waiting for his family to come home and they've travelled right across the world to come home from Europe. It's an important thing. As I was praying about this, I was thinking, are there people who are thinking, well, I don't know whether that's possible. You won't know until you give it a go because remember, COVID-19 has disrupted everything. Is this a moment to take advantage of this and say, hey, I'd love for you to come and share Christmas with us. Is that all right? Oh, it might require a lot of forgiveness. It will require reconciliation. But, you know, 2 Corinthians actually tells us that we actually have a ministry of reconciliation. In other words, it's possible in our life to see reconciliation happen when others thought it couldn't. And I'm wondering whether this is a time to say, hey, I want to build that thing that my heart really yearns for, and that's a closeness in our family with our friends, reestablishing good relationships, calling people home. I think it's the Father's heart. I think family is the Father's heart. He designed it. Everyone is much better when they grow up in a loving family. And I know that many have been damaged. But I'm wondering whether now is a great time to redeem the family to bring it back at this time redeeming Christmas. I sit around our table and I, I, every Monday night we have family dinner and the table's full. I'm right now building a really big one. but um, And it seems like every few months there's another baby added to it. And I uh, love it. And I've got to tell you, we have a rotation of meals. I don't really even care what the meal is. I'm full. Because I see something significant i think christmas is a great time to begin a tradition but more than that to call people home allow people to be grace forgiveness acceptance that's what christians are known for right right we're known for our forgiveness we're known for our grace we're known for our acceptance that's what we do And it might be harsh, it might be difficult, but I'm wondering whether the Holy Spirit can guide us through that. Can we call people home? Come on home. Love to see you. It might take a lot of convincing for some. Maybe there's people in the sound of my voice and you'd love to hear a call home. Maybe you're the one who needs to be called could I ask you to not wait for the audible call, but to maybe just assume it's there? And begin to make your way back home to that relationship and say, I'm going to break through here and use the Holy Spirit who is with you to get you through that. I wonder whether it's a good time to redeem Christmas right now. In 2010, Columbia, they'd been wrecked with guerrilla warfare especially in their jungles and um, they'd lost a lot of young men and women into the guerrilla warfare and they'd been missing and in 2010 what they did someone had an idea of inviting everybody home they went into the forests and the jungles and they'd put up decorations on the tallest trees they could find and with with notes and and um, lights And they got big LED balls and floated them down rivers. And in those balls was a message. And the message was this. If Christmas can come to the jungle, then you can come home. They saw a whole flood of these desperate people, young people, many of them, who'd been caught up in some political fight, coming home to their families. Wow. Wow. Taking advantage of Christmas, what a good thing! Redeeming the days because they're evil. What if we would actually invite people home? Re-establish something which is great. Allowing the Spirit of God to bring a healing. not you know? We talk about a Christmas miracle. Wouldn't that be the greatest Christmas miracle? Oh, but Rick, you know, I don't know if I believe in miracles. I do. Seen so many of them. It might require a lot of prayer. It might require a lot of spiritual battling. But what if you were to call them home? Or respond to the call home. And begin a journey of seeing, establish what you know in your heart you want to see. I remember a few years ago, it's not in my notes, but a few years ago I I sat down, I thought with my family, what do I want to see? Our kids were just starting to get to that, you know, the deeper voices and the scratchy face stage, you know, the boys and they're becoming teens and, and um, Charlie's, you know, growing into a, from a little toddler into a girl and teenager. And, and I'm sitting there thinking, what do I want? And I realised something, I'm the parent. I get to determine what I want. <laughs> so Naomi and I, we started crafting and, a family and, and with ideals and with with traditions and, and 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 making sure that you know we had these moments and we crafted our time to do this and to do that and we molded together and I've got to tell you we are seeing fruit now of, of brothers and sisters and beautiful daughters-in-law. My goodness, so blessed, who all love each other. And I sit there and every Monday I sit there. I cannot believe what I'm seeing can't believe it it was done on purpose of a calling home in a sense i've called it now parents grandparents could we call it again could we make something happen let's call them home take advantage of it redeem christmas i'm up for a fight are you not fight with people fight with the internal battle. Who can you call home? And who can you be called home to? Is this a good time for traditions? Is this a good time to call people home? And the third thing, is this Christmas a great time for you to reestablish what Christmas is really all about? Could you make this Christmas a new beginning of your continuous journey? You see, as a Christian, you're called to walk a very different journey. And it's more than just celebrating the birth of Christ once a year. It's more than just maybe twice a year, because you've got Easter in there too, which is pretty awesome. I love those two events, the holy days, if you like. I love them. But they are just reminders of a great bigger journey. We've got to be understanding something that it's more than just a reminder of, oh, okay, yeah, I've got a. Sorry, it's more than just a circumstance of, oh, I've got to get presents together. I've got to be nice and remember Jesus and go to church. It's got to be more than that. Christmas has got to be more than just, okay, we'll just celebrate and sing some beautiful songs. And I love it when they do it on TV too. No, it's a reminder of your continuous 24-7, 365 journey. And I'm wondering whether we could actually use this Christmas as a line in the sand saying, you know what, my Christianity is changing this Christmas. I'm not going to just say, hey, it's this one day, this is awesome, but it's going to make me to remind that the next day is awesome too with Christ. And the next day, and the next day, and the next day. I started my moment up here on the platform with those words, you are not alone. And that's what Christmas reminds us of. It's a journey that you're on, no matter how difficult, how many valleys you go through or how many mountaintops you go through, you are not alone. That's a reminder. You see, He's not just with you on Christmas. He's not just with you once a month or so. He's not just with you once a week at Sundays. He's not even just with you just every day. He doesn't just turn up and says, how's things this morning? Good, great. Let me know when you need me, reading. No, 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 no. He is with you moment by moment. That Christmas thing, that Christmas spirit, that Christmas Jesus is with you moment by moment. Decision by decision, tragedy by tragedy, good times by good times. He is with you. He is an ever-present help in time of need. And Christmas reminds us of that. So I want to go back to that passage of Scripture that I read in Luke 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom His favor rests. Every day. Every moment of every day. Moment moments Christmas reminds us that we can walk with him and speak with him and hear from him he wrote us a beautiful letter It's contained in 66 books we call it the Bible but we can actually also still hear from him through his spirit that's why he sent the Holy Spirit that we can walk with him, unite with him, talk with him moment by moment. Over the next four weeks, I've invited some of the great families from our churches, all three churches in Australia here anyway, and um, they're gonna be sharing four different pillars that Christmas can really wrap around and a real great way to redeem Christmas. But it begins really with your life saying, Christmas is a reminder to me of the journey that I'm on alongside my God, moment by moment. That's where it begins. It reminds me of God's love, that he loved me so much. He wanted me in his family. He would do whatever it took to get me into his family. Jesus turned up and said, here's some keys I'm now going to go build a granny flat on dad's home for you to live in when you come. In other words, you're now in the family if you take my keys. It's exactly, that's why he was born in Bethlehem. Born in a manger so that you could live in a palace with the father. That's what it's about. Remembering that. You are favoured of God because he's You've, you've taken the keys. You've accepted the invite. You've got the favor of God on you. I want to encourage you this Christmas to confess over and over again. Parents, confess this over your children. Let them hear it. You're favored of God. You've got the favor of God on you. Some of you need to confess it to the mirror. Look at that beautiful, handsome, beautiful face and tell it you are so favored of God. Keep speaking until your spirit says yes. Until your soul bows down and says yes, okay, I'll agree with that. Allow it to be true in your life. I am favoured. Why? Because of Christmas. And because of Christmas, every moment of every day, you get to walk in that favour. Don't confuse favour with blessings. They're two different things. Oh, but Rick... I'm, I'm going through hell right now yes and he has not left you because you're favoured stick with it stick with him that's what Christmas tells me so this Christmas redeeming Christmas I hope you're going to enjoy the series taking advantage of an evil year that we've had could you start by maybe it's. could you start What a great opportunity to start traditions. Why don't everyone get on our Facebook page and type in some of your traditions? I reckon that'd be fun. And uh, (laughs) maybe let us know some of your crazy ones, some of your deep ones, some serious ones. Let me know your traditions. I'd love to see them. Is also, is this a good time to redeem the time by actually saying let's call some people home. Let's reestablish family. Your family could be a hodgepodge. It could be a it could be a cooking pot of all different journeys that have happened over the last few years. What a beautiful way to bring them back and know all over Christmas lunch you can talk about the different journeys. Wow. It requires grace and forgiveness. It requires acceptance. It might require a lot of biting of the tongue. That's all right. Just chew on a bit more ham or something. But if your plan is to say, Do you know what, this is what we want. This is what we want. Let's call them home. I think it could be powerful. I'd love to see some photos of hugs, of family and Christmas, that'd be fun. Put that on our Facebook page, lots of hugs. Family, it's not breaking COVID rules, is it? And the third thing is, is this a good time to reestablish that Christmas is a reminder of my moment to moment with Christ? I'll just sit back and say, yeah, that's right. This is, and let Easter be the same. This is a reminder of what tomorrow, the next day, and the next day are all gonna be filled of moments where I am not alone. I am with Him. Amen. Amen. What I'd like to do right now is, we're gonna have a time of ministry right now. and I'm gonna hand over to the house services in just a moment. And what I'd like you to do, house services, I'd like you to, leaders, just to, uh, Have a moment of just prayer. Because I've spoken about some light, but really they're heavy things. And some people might be thinking, oh, I don't know. Let's just pray for peace right now and comfort. I'm going to hand over to you to do that. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. If you want to come and join us in here, there's plenty of room. But um, God bless you.